0: hey 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 y'all welcome back to another podcast okay so i wanted to talk about 10 slasher movies that i think you guys should watch um <clears throat> they're not going to be in any really particular order maybe the last one but like um i just want to talk about 10 movies that i really love i love watching like slasher horror movies all year long um the good the bad the in between and I, there's some movies i really want you guys or i think you guys really should watch and i watch like cult classics I watched you know some of the new stuff sometimes the new stuff doesn't really do anything for me I think I just I just watched what was it um totally killer or whatever it was which was like not a bad movie at all actually I think I I liked it well enough to like put it in my like um like my not my must watch for Halloween every year now but like my like I if if I remember to watch it I'm gonna watch it like it was it was good enough to be like remembered, I guess um, and But anyway, I'm going to get into, like, ten movies that I want to talk about. And they, they mostly probably will be, like, considered classic horror films. So, or... I don't like calling them horror. Slasher films. I say that because there's, like, horror movies that I consider horror. I consider, for me anyway, more horror movies that are, like, you know... I don't know, scary. Like, like really, really scary. I don't consider really slasher films that scary, to be honest with you. I just think they're fun slashers. Like, a lot of slasher movies are just kind of, like... Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of characters are just put in there to be killed off. There's no like, at least at least in some of them. I think for at least for like newer films, I feel like there's not a lot of slasher anymore that have characters that you really care about and you want to see live throughout the whole thing. Um, I haven't seen a slasher film like that in a long time where I'm like, oh, we're lo- this sucks. Like we're losing you. I hate that. Like or at least like you know the main more more of the main cast. Like I, I would say in the 90s, it's probably the last time I really cared about a cast of characters dying off. Like no. I don't kill them but it's been a long time since I've really cared about past dying like that that aren't in like a sequel or anything um so yeah let's get into this I'm gonna say where should I start hmm. Where? Sh- okay I'm gonna okay this one I'm gonna say one thing I think I think people need to watch one horror film is The Prowler I think The Prowler is really I like I came a little bit later to The Prowler I would say I was probably early 20s When I first saw this movie, I hadn't even heard about the Prowler like that. Like, I mean, the the thing about 80s slashers and in I guess 70s too, there's so many, especially like, well, I think after Halloween, there just became so many slasher films that it was hard to keep track. And so the Prowler was just one of the ones that like slipped and no one I knew really talked about it. So when I finally watched it for myself, I'm like, this movie's actually pretty good. Like, I think some of the kills in the Prowler are insane. They're they're insane uh um uh, these it are uh, kills um giving a synopsis of the paddler it's I, I believe they're going to it's these kids going to a dance at like this i think they're in college i can't remember they're in college or in high school ever since i've seen the movie but they're they're going to this dance um and someone is murdered like it, it starts like i think like 10 15 20 years before um In the beginning, and then someone is murdered, and then it kind of flash forwards to the '80s, and um, there's basically a killer on the campus. It's one of those things. But what I liked about this movie, I just again, I found some of the kills like really cool, and like I was like, oh my god, like that's like some of the some of the the prosthetics they used and stuff were really really good. And I think I just liked some of the the main characters. Like I think it was the main girl and the guy that she's like she sees or whatever. I I liked him too. yeah, I just, I just thought it was a, a fun kind of movie. Kind of reminded me of Scream, too, a little bit, because of, like, the fact that they're in college or whatever, like, that college kind of setting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there were a few, like, little jump-scare things in there, not too much. But, I don't know, I ultimately just thought it was a fun movie. I think The Prowler is a really good movie that people should watch, for sure. Um, I, I, I wish I could get into more of it, but I, I it's been a while since I've watched it, but it's, it's a movie that i recommend for people to watch. So if, you have, if you like slasher films, Watch The Prowler. Definitely watch The Prowler. I would say that's one of my favorites uh, to watch. Um, another one, I'm going to say Sleepaway Camp. I, I really like Sleepaway Camp. It's not one of the best movies in the world, but it is. like To me, it is because the ending, but also just because like I think it's an interesting film. So basically, what that movie is about is a girl and her um, cousin go to this camp, they go to uh, this camp for, like, pre-teens or whatever, um, and they're just kind of, like, they're they're kind of being watched over by this really pervy cast of characters, like, I don't know, there were so many pervs in that movie that I was, like, at times I felt really uncomfortable for the characters, am like, oh my god, this is, like, not a good situation. Um, they're, like, really bitchy characters, all that kind of stuff, but it, it's basically, like, kind of like a Friday the 13th with a younger cast of characters of the cast is very very young. We meet a young girl named Angela, and she, Angela Baker, and she is um, very quiet. She doesn't talk to very many people. Her cousin's got some anger issues. You can see that, and um, but he's also like very like protective of her, and like he tries to like come to bat for her. She ends up meeting a boy there that she kind of ends up, end up like kind of falling for a little bit, and there's these older girls there that are. Just, bitches to her, and some of the guys who are just jerks, it's, it's really just one of those movies of, like, dang, the main character's getting so much crap from all these damn people, um, and you, you just, you have to watch it, the twist at the end is crazy, but it's such a, like, it, it's just such a cult classic film, and it, another film that I came a little bit late to, um, but I, I thought it was really good when I first saw it, and there's sequels to that one, the Prowler I'm not aware of if it has any sequels, it probably does at this point, but I really did like Sleepaway Camp, the first one, the second, and the third, they know exactly what they are. They know that they are campy movies, but they, they know what they are. <laughs> like There's other, I think, um, Sleepaway Camp films, too, after the third one, but they know the, the second two movies know exactly what they are, and I'll just leave it at that. That's, that's what they are. Um, I guess the next one I, I'll talk about is Black Christmas. And the 1970s version is such a good movie. I hate horror movies on Christmas. I'm not a big fan of that. I just, I, you know, I, I like Christmas to be what it is. It's like having like a Christmas themed Halloween movie. People would hate it, right? People would hate a Christmas themed Halloween film. Um, where like a Halloween movie, but it's like it's it's done with the Christmas spirit. People would hate that. So I hate when Christmas films are done in that in that Halloween thing. But I, I just I don't know. I found this movie really kind of fun. It's a very Scary kind of who done it, not scary, but like kind of who done it kind of movie, um, much like Scream and others. But so basically, what that is, uh, this movie is about um, a group of college girls who are all uh, going home for the Christmas holidays. Um, however, some girls are staying in town because they don't have any family to go to. They've got this, like, I guess, dead mother who's just, like, drunk as a skunk all the time. Um, The girls all really kind of have potty mouths. They're just, you know, they're with boys. They're doing their thing. Like, I, I don't feel like there's any... Like, you know how the movies always have to have, like, the girls or the guys or whomever be, like, so, like, promiscuous? And then the one virtuous one, I don't know if this movie has... Oh, it does. It does. But I think the virtuous one is killed off early. Um, But I think that that's what I like about this movie. All the girls... And the film has like a lot of charm to them. And there's some that like were really popular in their heyday of making movies that are in this film. And some of them die off, which I was not expecting. I don't know if they were popular at the time of making the movie, but I know some of them from other things where I'm like, oh, she can't die. She's in this thing. And it's like, oh no, she she actually does. It was it's kind of iconic. It's kind of iconic when that happens. Um but I don't know, I really just like this film. It's it's a cold wintery film you don't really know who's doing what uh all the girls are getting strange phone calls from the killer um who may be killing them from inside the house um and there's also like oh, oh the, the, the phone calls are, like really obscene they're gross phone calls and they generally happen after a girl has been killed so that's kind of how that movie works but I, don't know, I i really liked the setting of that film and the ending is so crazy. The ending of that film is so crazy because it leaves you on the cliffhanger of did everyone, like, did someone survive? Did no one survive? It's one of those kind of movies. It, it's a really good film. Um, I think this is a random fact to put in here, but I believe Elvis, if you're, an, I'm not an Elvis fan, but if you're an Elvis fan, I believe Elvis liked watching that movie, like, every Christmas. I was, like, something he did. And I think I can, like, I, I wouldn't watch it around Christmas. I, I will watch that around Halloween time. I mean, I'm watch it around Christmas. But, like, I, it's such a good movie, and they've remade that film at least two, three times now, and none of the remakes are anywhere near as good as the first one. None of them. Um, let's see, what else I've mentioned? Um, I think three so far, right? So I have like seven more to go. There's some I want to wait on. And I don't want to talk about those ones just yet. So I'm trying to get through all the other ones. And I'm like, oh, I love this one. Yeah, I haven't talked about this one yet. on the list. Um yeah i guess i'll talk about this one and i know some people are going to be like are you serious but i'm gonna do it um i know what she did last summer i want to talk about i know what she did last summer because for me listen for me i'm i'm a 90s kid like i like i you know grew up in the 90s and so a lot of my slasher films are like urban legend um you know scream and then obviously i know what she did last summer because it was right in between those kind of movies and, I mean, you have an iconic cast of characters. You have, you know, Freddie Perez Jr., you've got uh, Ryan Phillippe, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Jennifer Love-Hewitt. Like, you have that cast of people in that movie. Like, you know, the kind of who's... Some of the who's who are the teenagers of the 90s. Obviously, Sarah was Buffy. Um, Jennifer Love-Hewitt did Party of Five. Ryan uh, Philippi was in different movies here and there. And then Freddie Perez Jr. was, again, another one that was in, like, She's All That um other movies at that time so everybody was doing something in that cast um i really liked this movie so basically this movie uh, starts off with i'm not gonna say the beginning beginning but it, basically these these four kids are celebrating um the end of high school they're all going off to college possibly um samsung gillard's character wins like the beauty queen of her town they all live by the sea it's like a town by the sea um they're driving home from the festivities and everyone's kind um, I believe it's Ryan Phillippe's dad's car, but, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s character is driving, I think that's the, the story here, anyway, uh, they end up hitting a man on the side of the road, and they think he's dead, and so they're like, we can't get in trouble, we get in trouble, we're screwed, um, and there's another character that, that meets up with him named Max, and he's played by one of the guys from the show, Roseanne, he's Darlene's boyfriend on the show. I think he's also in Big Bang Theory as well, if that helps you he figure out who he is. Anyway, um, he is friends with Julie, and I guess he's always had a crush with So, Julie is Jennifer Love hewitts character. Helen Shimmers is Buffy's character. Um, I want... God, I can't remember the boys' names. Oh, my God, what are the boys' I remember Max, but I can't remember the other two. Come on out. Um, Barry is is Ryan Phillippe's character, and Freddie First Jr.'s character is, um... Oh, my God, I can't think of this. Doesn't matter. Anyway, so, um, he, uh, they, they end up seeing Max after, you know, they're, they're, like, the body is there. They're trying to, like, stall him and go, like, you hey, gonna... know, oh, Max, please get out of here. Ray, Ray is Freddie Press Jr.'s character. So, anyway, like, um, Max kind of talks shit to Ray. Like, you know, we're all, basically, they're all rich kids except for Ray. So, he kind of tries to put him down and he ends up leaving. Uh, that's when they decide to take the body to the ocean and tell no one. Because they're, like, hey, we're all about to start our lives. Why should we be bothered by this murder? Yada, yada, yada. Um before they put him, lower him into the water, he takes Helen's crown, and, like, she's freaking out over the damn crown, because she just won, she's kind of, they're all kind of narcissistic in their own way, um, anyway, so, um, her boyfriend, Barry, ends up going down to the bottom of the water, and trying to get the crown back, I don't think he, oh, he does, he gets the crown back for her, blah blah but the guy is like not dead he actually like opens his eyes and looks at Ray or Barry Barry freaks out blah, blah blah he didn't tell anyone not a soul that homie wasn't actually dead when he got the crown maybe he assumed he wasn't but considering the condition of the guy standing up and looking at him like swimming away it was kind of clear that he didn't die also like huh oh, that that moment always kind of made me go like wait wait why did you guy who just got ran over you might want to swim to the top too, because uh, they just ran your ass over. Like you really should be in bad shape, like really bad shape. Anyways, so we flash forward a year. Julie comes back home and she gets this note, and she's she's gotten very pale. She just does not want to be home. You know, it's it's been killing her this year of of knowing what she did. Blah blah blah. And basically they kind of re- all the you know characters reconnect after Julie gets to know, They're not all happy to see each other. Um, you know, Helen works with her sister at her sister's, like, boutique or whatever. Her sister's kind of a bitch to her. Her sister is Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat, the first movie, and also in the movie, I think, Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. She's
1: a beautiful actress.
0: She's in this. Um And anyway, uh, they all, like I said, they all kind of reconnect. Ray's working as a fisherman, like, you know, living up to his dad's dream, I guess. And then um, Barry... I don't know what Barry's, Barry's just being a rich jerk, basically, he works out, like, at this gym, and all this kind of stuff, that's what Barry's doing, so they're all, they've all gone their separate ways, um, but Julie's really, you know, fresh, flustered by the note, so she's trying to get everyone back together to figure out, like, did we kill this guy or not, like, what happened, um, and all this other stuff, so, long story short, blah, blah, blah things happen, and they all kind of end up getting messed with, they think that it's this guy named Billy Blue, and they go to investigate, and it turns out, Billy Blue has a sister, um, played by Anne H., um, who, Anne H. died in a very strange way in her real life, rest in peace, girl, like, a few years ago, um, she was also in the Psycho remake, I I thought I would put that out there, I don't know why I did that, but she's in the Psycho remake, so if you don't know who that is, she, I think she was once upon a time married or engaged to Ellen DeGeneres, I don't know, anyway, so she's in this movie too, um but she's like my brother's dead he didn't write any note to you i don't know who you think's after you but it's not my brother because he died before this thing because they like they fess after her they feel really guilty like hey we killed your brother her name is susie but they're like hey we killed your brother and they're like she's like no my brother was in love with this girl and he killed himself because or i'm sorry he unalived himself because homegirl died it was really really weird i guess her brother was blamed for the death of his girlfriend and he couldn't live with that so he and alive himself or whatever and so the person that's going after them is not her brother. So they start kind of suspecting each other, not thinking that the, well, I think they think the guy they ran they think the guy they ran over is her brother. That's what the tea is. Um I'm not gonna give too much more away of the story other than that, but it's it's got some crazy stuff. I will say there is one death in this movie that I hated. I hated it, but it was iconic. It was iconic. It's got one of the best like run scenes I've ever like this character was trying to fight for their life. This character was trying to fight for their life. And I was like, go, go, you got this shit. And they got this shit. I was really sad about it. I was very sad about it. I actually like, there's times I've stopped watching the movie after that moment. It's like, "And hey, we're done, And hey, we're done. My favorite character's dead, so I don't need to watch this shit no more. But it was a really good cast of people i kind of liked it i think it was funny because like the brunettes were together and the blondes were together in the movie but in real life i think freddie press jr and sarah michelle geller i don't think they had started dating yet but they were dating around that time because i believe sarah michelle geller was also dating jerry o'connell i think from spring 2 which she filmed around that time as well so i'm not sure how that worked i don't know um but yeah that was that movie was a whole thing you have to i i recommend seeing it because it's just a good it's a fun 90s slasher who done film you can skip the third one i like the second one too That also has brandy norwood in it um i just like i think makai fifer is in that too i just i liked the second movie it's not everyone's favorite it's not everyone's cup of tea that's fine um i like the second one and i i keep hearing plans of a reboot for it or like a you know another movie which i'm like if they do it cool do that um the next slasher film i want to get into I'm going to say A Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I think A Nightmare on Elm Street uh, is just a really good classic slasher film. I grew up being terrified of Freddy Cooper. I would say Freddy Cooper when I was young, young, out of all the slasher kids or characters. He was like my number one scary because he comes in your dreams, right? Like everyone else is kind of like, you. I wouldn't want to mess with him anyway. But something about Freddy, you just don't want to fuck with him. He literally comes in your dreams and he can kind of take different shapes and forms, right? Than the other guys can. The other guys... They're generally going to look the same. He has his own thing. And because he can come into your dreams and, and attack you that way, he could be whatever. And, like, you know, all the sequels kind of show that. So, and he's just, he's a creeper. He talks, which Jason and Michael don't really talk. They're just very silent killers. He's not like that. And he's hes more, you know, can fuck with your imagination. So I think that's why he was such a big deal for me growing up. And honestly, iconic with, like, the hats and then he had like the the white and black like or white red and white black red and green or red and black shirt the sweater and the gloves there was just so much about freddy that made him like stand out against all the other villains because there was and he was burned so there was a lot of shit going on with him it's like what isn't like what doesn't like if you stand all the horror villains together in a room right or at least ten of them like of oh, the 10 I'm talking about in a room he's gonna stand out the most because there's so much going on for with him literally head to toe there's so much happening with that character um but like also he's like he comes out very pervish that's the thing about him too like he's also very pervy so there's just a lot of elements to Freddy Krueger also the music and the score I think is really important with with him too um that really makes him another one that people kind of watch out for because there's so much with Freddy that I think mean, you don't get with the other uh, villains. He's a really, like, a really fun villain and, like, I like, I mean, I remember the first movie with, like, Nancy and Johnny Depp's character and all those and, like, it's trippy. It's so trippy. Like, the blonde girl, like, like her death scene is insane and there's so many death scenes in that movie that I'm like, that's so imaginative and insane you don't know what the heck is going on because you can't see what's happening. like, If the character's not asleep, like, the person in the dream knows what's happening to them, but you can't see, like, the other person who's awake can't see what's happening, so they're being thrashed around and shit, and no one can see it, and it's just like, oh my god, like, it's crazy, like, there is... There's a lot of crazy things that happen in the, in the original film that you're just like, damn, this movie's a lot. Like, honestly, The First Amendment on Elm Street is a really good, it's a really good cl- uh, classic slasher Like, if you have not seen it, you really should see that movie. I can't say too much more. I don't want to say, like, I don't want to give away all the major deaths and stuff, but it's just, it really is one of those movies that you're just kind of like, wow, there's a, there's a lot happening here. And I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I just, it's crazy. But yeah, Freddy's always one that kind of stood out to me. Um... The next movie I want to talk about, this one, I mean, I kind of consider it a slasher. You don't necessarily have to, yourself, excuse me, but I do. That's going to be Hellraiser 2. I want to talk about Hellraiser 2 specifically, not so much 1. 1, I liked, I did like the first one, but I feel like Hellraiser 2 was, like, more of a slasher. I, mean, I don't know, I could be wrong. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen both those two films. But I remember the second one and going, oh my god, this is a lot, but I liked Hellraiser 2, I feel like Hellraiser 2 and uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 are very, like, they remind me of each other, because they're, they're kind of, like, they're, like, I would consider them kind of even more so dark fantasy films, if that makes sense, like, I don't know, I, I remember, like, loving the third uh, Nightmare on Elm Street film, the Dream Warriors was so good, um, and there's a few installments of the Nightmare on Elm Street films, like, after the first one, I think are fairly good, I liked, I liked 2 for what 2 was, it was a whole different thing on a queer perspective, I really liked two, I liked three, a lot, I think three might be my favorite, um, besides one, um, I kinda liked five, there were things about five I liked, I liked A New Nightmare as well, so there were things in some of the sequels that I did like, um, um, I didn't like four, I thought four was gross, I didn't like four, I don't like, I went gross movies. me, I thought four was gross, um, anyways, um, and then six, this was what, what it was, um, where was I at? Where was I at with this? We were talking about, uh, oh yes, Hellraiser 2. Yeah, like, I mean, I've seen all Senate of Hellraiser films. I think I've talked about all of them on this podcast before. And 1 and 2, I think, are the strongest movies for sure. I did like three, two, three did some weird shit, and I liked it. But um, I did. Um, but I liked number 2 because uh, it brought back most, I think, if not all of the original cast from the first, first film, film, and then the Subiots, I think, are in that one more prominently than the first one. If I remember correctly, I, it's been a long time, like I said, because I've seen both of those movies, but I did like the first two films a lot, and I like that one of the main characters in one and two comes back in, like, one of the more low-budget sequels, which I was like, why are you in this? Like, you, I think she comes back in the third one, too, and then in another one of the, like, the more low-budget sequels, because I was like, why is she in for what I think the first story wraps up pretty well in that low-budget sequel. I just wish that it could have been the big production, like, the first two or three were. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really good. I can't even remember so much of the synopsis of that film, but I remember watching it going, like, this is probably one of my favorites. I've seen it a few times. Um, and I just, again, I think the first Hellraiser films are really cool, um, and they have their own kind of thing. And again, I'm, I'm not even, like... I don't know. I, I, I love, like, horror slash flicks I do. Um, but, like, and, and things like Hellraiser, normally, those kind of titles kind of make me turn away from that. I don't, you know, I don't like blasting the shit at all. Um, but I, I just think those movies have cool elements to them, I'll say that. Um, and, yeah, they make you never want to touch a box. Like, don't touch a box with different shapes on it. Leave that shit alone. Like, <laughs> leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't it Leave it alone. I've seen all ten of those things and there's some really bad ones and there's some really good ones and I think that the second one I think is my favorite just because there's so much that happens in this in the second movie. Um, I also read the plot of like the evil like kind of stepmother I think she was to the girl and like how she, you know, I think she killed the father or whatever, something happened to the girl's dad and like, it's kind of a story of revenge and I like that. I like that the main girl, even though you're afraid for her, there's also this kind of like anti-hero thing the symbiotes kind of have where it's like you know people who've done wrong will get punished I guess and I kind of like that where it's like they're not necessarily the bad bad guys of the film like you do bad you're gonna get bad, you know on you is kind of what those movies are so that's why I kind of like those movies um we're about to get into three movies I really want to talk about but before that I feel like I have to talk about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre for a moment. I feel like I have. To, I think it's just like I think I have like four more films to talk about so I'll all this in there. Um, yeah, the original Texas Chainsaw, I was gonna talk about Psycho, but Psycho really isn't my thing. To be honest, I think I think Psycho is iconic. Shout out to Anthony Perkins, who I had a crush on when I was younger. A little bit, a little bit, not a huge one a little bit. But um, and his thing with Tap Hunter, that relationship, can we talk about that? We're gonna to talk about gay relationships in Hollywood at some point, because that was a whole thing. Um, and you know, obviously with Janet Leigh, Jimmy Lee, Jim Lee. Curtis's mom, and I was like, I know, I was, I, I was born at a time where I can recognize something that's iconic from older films, where you see a lot of younger people now who could not tell you who any of these classic core people are, what they've done, without looking at IMDb, they couldn't tell you, I'm someone who, like, I grew up in a generation where we watched a lot of the classic shit, but we loved to do stuff too, and I can do both, so that, I think that's what kind of makes it different when I talk about it a little bit, is that I can... I'm not saying that other people can't. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, I've seen... I've watched a lot of people react to horror and things like that, who are younger, and I feel like a lot of them don't know... Like, they might know the name or because they read about it, but they can't tell you too much of what the person has kind of been in or recognize, like, older horror movie genre films. Um, and I, I'm not saying I've seen every horror movie. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot, but I haven't seen everything. I, I prefer older like, 90s, and, like, early 2000s, 90s, and before, like, like I said, I can appreciate how iconic Psycho is, without having to really be a huge fan of psycho. I'm just not a huge fan of film, I'm just not, um, but anyway, um, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's one of those movies that, like, for a moment, you're not sure if you're watching something that's real, because <laughs> it's just so crazy, and some of the kills, I'm like, oh my god, like, oh, the When when he put homie, I'm not gonna say who, on that hook, I was like, oh my god oh my god that was like a moment for me there were some moments in that film like ah and again it's one of those movies that people try to remake and they've done sequels to and nothing really beats the first one nothing will beat the first one because the first one is just so bad shit crazy and you're not really sure by the end like when the last homie's alive and how crazy they look at the end you kind of feel that you're kind of like damn like i really feel like homie went nuts and i wouldn't blame them because that's a lot of shit to see it was crazy first movie was crazy, the first movie was crazy, I, I don't even know what to say, so basically, to talk a little bit about that film, it's four or five kids are, um, they're out in the middle of nowhere, basically, and I think their car breaks down, I think that's what happens, or something like that, I don't know if they're on their way to a festival or what have you, but they're on their way somewhere, and their car, I think, ends up breaking down, um, and I think that's the tea that, or they're coming to visit. But, um, they end up running into this family of crazy people. For whatever reason, they separate from each other, I think, is what the story is. And while they're separating from each other, they come across this this house. Um, and there's some crazy shit going on inside this house where these cannibals live. And basically, they're attacked by this family of cannibals, um, and by Leatherface, who's like, I guess, the youngest of the, the clan or whatever he's supposed to be. And... Again, they, they you know kill these people because they really don't have any other kind of source of food, I guess. Um, and I believe other people in the town are in on it, like they know that that's what these people do, and they don't say shit because I mean, they're afraid of them, I guess. Um, but it's it's crazy, that so crazy. The grandfather, the like decaying grandfather, it's insane, it's insane. And again, I know these movies have had like sequels and stuff. I I've seen the sequels, they're not my cup of tea, um, but the first movie is just like. Yeah, the first movie just makes you feel like everybody in danger. You you watching it, it, you're in danger, girl. I have to give, I'm going to take a second just to acknowledge another movie that's not on this list, but I want to acknowledge it. And that is The Last House on the Left. Um, I believe directed by Wes Craven. Um, That movie was brutal. That movie was brutal. It's not one of my favorites. It's a movie that I think people can see, that you probably should see, I guess, to a degree. Um, I love the ending, I will say that I love the ending stuff, but, like, it's just, it's such a, it's a hard watch, that movie's a hard watch, because one of the scenes, one of the death scenes in there is so brutal, it's, I mean, I guess both, what happens to both characters in that scene is brutal, but one is, like, particularly brutal, and it definitely is, like, yeah, Wes Craven's that kind of director, he's that kind of, like, he... I think he tries to direct, he directs in a way that makes. he not tries, but he directs in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable sometimes when you watch his movies, and I think he directed that, and I want to say that is, like, pinnacle of I'm uncomfortable. He does it again in another film that I'm going to mention in a few minutes, but he, he does it very well. He does it very unsettling. Oh my god, you're not just in danger, you're, like, done for. It's, it's gonna be bad, kind of ways. Um, the next movie we're gonna talk about, I guess we're gonna get to this one now, Halloween. yeah. The original Halloween, um, I don't think that was a surprise to anyone. I feel like, I, you know, honestly, Halloween's not my jam. I'm not gonna lie, it's not my jam. I, I, have liked other installments of Halloween more than the first Halloween. I'm just gonna say it, it's true. However, even though it's not my main jam, I was like, I don't wanna say forced, but I was pretty much forced to watch Halloween almost every year for Halloween when I was a child. Because anytime we went over my grandfather's house for Halloween and trick or treating. We would always have, like, chili gumbo or whatever. Go trick-or-treating and Halloween was always on. We, every freaking year. I don't know why he likes that movie so much. I'll never understand it. I mean, I, he's older than me. He's, you know, I guess what I mean is he's an older man. It's like me with Scream. I guess if I, you know, at a certain point, if I ever had, if, if I ever had kids or whatever, I would probably play Scream every Halloween. I think I do play Scream with at least Halloween or one of the movies. Uh, you know, for every Halloween. So I guess it's like that. But he, yeah, he would watch Halloween every single year. And I get it. Like I said, it came out in 1978, I think. So at the time, there wasn't anything like Halloween. There was Halloween-esque things. I don't think anything was like Halloween. I, I, and yeah, I can see why people like Halloween. I can see the appeal. To me, by today's standards, I feel like it's very slow burn. It's slow Burn movie for me. And I'm like, I feel like that's not enough story when it comes to who Michael is. And honestly, that story has changed and it's become so convoluted over the years that it's like, what am I watching? I don't even know what I'm watching because, like, the third movie isn't like the rest of the, the movies. And then after Halloween H2O, uh, which is water, things change. Like, you know, I think Halloween, like, or no, Halloween 8. After Halloween 8 things change like there's the whole rob zombie ones and then there's the ones that they kind of rebooted where it's like everything after the first film like the other seven films don't even count and it's just one through halloween uh 2018 then halloween 2 and then halloween 3 like it's very weird how that whole thing how that whole art goes down i will say i enjoyed halloween and i know I didn't care for Halloween Kills very much. It just wasn't for me. I thought it was bad, um, but I know everyone has their own opinions and own thoughts, and that's fine. I'm not a big fan of Halloween Kills. I don't know why I like Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends, it was it was its own thing. I can't stress that enough because people hate that movie. People are like, "That is the worst Halloween So I'm like, I don't think it was so bad. I think it's it's its own thing, and I view it as its own thing. It's you know, it's one villain's kind of ending. And one's beginning of a descent into madness is what I see. That's what I see when I watch things, movie. That's why I liked it so much. I just thought it was different. Like, it wasn't the best movie ever, but it was different. I just, it was a movie. But Halloween, 1978, it's, it's a classic film. Basically, um, a little boy, you know, something happens to this child. We're not sure why. If he was born with it, whatever. He decides to murder someone, and he is then taken away into it and, and an insane asylum. So basically, Rod, he's got a doctor named Dr. Loomis who watches over him. One day, he breaks out. One Halloween, he breaks out and decides to go back to his hometown uh, and starts murdering people, uh, particularly, like, young girls and babysitters. One girl named Laurie Strode is watching his children, um, and for whatever reason, he's called the boogeyman. Um, he's after her. We don't really know why he's after her. I don't think it's ever addressed in the first film that their brother and sister. That was what was alleged, but he's after this particular girl, I guess. I don't know if she's living in his house. I don't know why he's after this chick, but he's after Jamie Lee Curtis's character, daughter of Janet Lee, who was in Psycho. He's after her, and that's—I mean—that's the synopsis of the film basically. People get murdered. All this kind of stuff happens. Um, it, it's got a lot of really dark and elements to it, like, I, I do, like, the use of the music, again, it's, it's one of those movies that really does rely heavily on, like, a really scary kind of soundtrack, does a great job, um, it just, it's, like I said, ultimately, it's not one I go back to very often, I just don't, it's a slow burn movie, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of a slow burn, i just, I'm not, and if it's gonna be a slow burn, it has to have more build-up to me than what that movie has, that's just my opinion, like, Again, there's other songs of Halloween, I do, like, I like Halloween H2O, I do, like, I like Halloween 4, I like that one. I, again not everyone likes these movies. That's okay. Everyone has different tastes. That's fine. Um, but I like, I will always acknowledge Halloween one is a classic that I think everyone should see because one has so many damn sequels. And two, because it really was one of the starting films of this particular genre. One of them, I didn't say it was. It's just one of them. Um the next movie we're gonna talk about Friday the thirteenth. Now I'm gonna talk about Friday the thirteenth one. And the reason why I think both those are so iconic to watch is because the killers are different in both. The killer, youth, you know, they, they, so everyone really knows the, the name Jason Voorhees and attaches that name to Friday the 13th, and it makes sense to do so. But he's not the original killer in Friday the 13th. The original killer is someone, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's the original, the original killer is someone different in the first movie, um, which I love. And I also like that Jason didn't find his, like, iconic look I don't think until the third film. So a lot of, like, the first three to four Friday the 13th movies are, like, like they, they kind of get the series going. Like, they kind of get Jason and whatever to the point of where they need to be. They, they set up that story of him pretty well the first couple movies. So Again, he doesn't have the iconic mask, I think, until about three. I think that's what it is. So the first two movies, he's not even wearing the iconic mask. And the first movie, he's not even the killer. So it, it does a lot. That movie does a lot. Um, to set him up. So basically, the story goes, in in the first film, a young boy named Jason um, was being mistreated at a summer camp called Crystal Lake. And, uh, well, that's that's the name of the camp and the name of the lake. And basically, um, he ends up drowning. And his mom um, never really forgave the camp counselors there. Um, Anyway, like, years later, uh, kids start getting killed there. They start they start dying off, but no one is telling anyone that this camp is the camp where some kids got murdered a little while back. They never caught the killer. So this young girl and all her friends decide they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, I guess, volunteer whatever work at this camp. Kevin Bacon is among those friends, and they all start kind of getting murdered off one by one, I think, before the camp even opens, I think, in the first film. I'm pretty sure the camp isn't open yet, but I don't think it is. Could be. Anyway, so that ends up happening. Um, There's a really cool plot twist at the very end of the film after the killer's revealed, and all that stuff, something crazy happens at the very end. And then I think the sequel, I think think the first, second, and third movie, I want to say all take place on the same weekend. I could be wrong. I I I could be wrong. I don't think I am, though. I think they all take place on the same weekend. Am I crazy? I don't know. Maybe it's the first and the second, but I thought for sure that, like, because I was, so, I think I read somewhere that these movies take place, like, at least the first two or three together. Again, I could be wrong. I don't know. I could be very, very wrong. But I think the first two or three films take place on the same weekend, which is awkward or odd. But again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, because I think she starts with a death of someone first film and that like presents the new killer to, to the audience i think i could be wrong though but anyway those first two movies i think are really iconic um again kind of cool kills kills like some of the other films i mentioned um and yeah like it just has it, it, it's, it's a thing I, I like friday the 13th I, mean, I think those are just as important to watch as at least the first couple um as halloween and as um uh nightmare I think all those three are pretty I mean they're pretty iconic. They were really those three and some others like Chucky, Lucy and all the other ones, really helped carry the slasher genre into like the streams and stuff and the screen. I feel like kinda of, took it from there and did what they did and whatever, like you know. Um, but everyone calls back to those movies and I think there's good reasons as to why. Um, and I think some of those some of those films even had characters. Excuse me, one, two, one more time. I apologize. That you kind of care about like there's some like obviously some characters you're okay you're not gonna live you're just you're, you're created and written and designed to just die off um but sometimes in some of those movies you have people that you actually do care about and I want to jump into the very last one because I think the last one does this perfectly I think the last one I'm going to talk about and even some of the films in the series do it really well they do character development really well to where you care about the characters that are about to die or that live. Um, and that's gonna be of course Wes Craven's 1996 film Scream. We have to talk about Scream because Scream was such a movie. I will never forget watching Scream for the first time ever. My dad came home with it from a video store called video Shores that we used that by our house. Um, he had rented it and I was so excited to watch this movie. I was I was a kid who watched a lot of slasher, be it because my parents, be it because I was at home a lot by myself, or be it because my older cousins would babysit me and other my other cousins, and they'd watch a horror film. It doesn't really matter how it happened, it happened. And I was introduced to Scream when it first like when it first hit uh, video stores, and I was really young, I was very very young, and I was still afraid of my own shadow, so I don't know why I was watching that shit, but I did. And I'll never forget like Scream starts off with some shit. Like, that, that's, what me, I think that's what makes Scream, in my opinion, the most iconic, is because it just goes right into the shit, and it's a good build-up, but it goes right into the shit, where you're just like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, as a kid, I didn't, like, as a kid, I knew the actress that was in the first scene, because I'd seen so much, like, I'd seen more movies at the age of seven than a lot of people do. I knew a lot of the actors' names. Like I was the go-to when I was a kid. People asked me, you know, who's this name in Hollywood? I would tell you. I was. I watched a lot of E-new, like not news, but like new stuff. All that. I knew a lot about celebrity because I wanted to be one. I was a kid, so I knew a lot of stuff about celebrity. Um, but I knew her from other things. A lot of other things she had been in before. And so even my mom and I, my my mom being like, no, she can't die right now. No way she's the only one I know in this cast and I'm like like I'm like i again I'm like six years old but I'm like soaking up everything six or seven and I'm soaking up everything that's happening on this screen I'm just like okay like movie opens up with a phone call it actually opens up with people screaming and then of the phone call um but I knew the girl's face I would I i seen her in a few things before so I was like okay and my mom just being surprised because my mom was like she can't no way no way oh she's gonna survive and shit happens and it happens quickly like I said it's just and Wes Craven is so good at creating that tension like this kind of setting that you know you know this person is in danger or you know something gonna happen but you're not sure to what degree and then you know so you do when you're watching it you do feel like something bad is going to happen to this person but how bad are we talking and like when i got older and i watched more of Wes Craven's work his previous work and stuff i realized that yeah he's one of those directors where it's like something really bad and really fucked up is gonna happen to you and that could be also in the writing chair too i'm not gonna you know Kevin Williams is a really great writer um but you know there's a sense of something bad's gonna happen and it's just it's always worse than what you think and i go back i will always go back to the last House on the left because it's like oh my god like this death is so brutal that it's like i think it caused you like to faint out while they were watching it, like the actors got really sick doing the scene because it was just a lot of grossness. um, And it, this calls back to that. Like he's really good at making like *Scream* is a very meta film, so it calls back to like uh, to like a Nightmare on Elm Street, to *Friday the 13th*, *Halloween*. So many films. This it it, calls, it even brings in people from those other horror films into the movie franchise. So it really does a lot of that. um, And it's real. It's a very self-aware film. But Anyways. Um, the opening scene to Scream is just so iconic, it really is, and it's like, if that's your opening scene, how are you going to end this movie, because that opening scene was a lot, it was a lot to handle, someone died that you thought would never die, and that, that person was actually offered the original main character, and they, cho- they chose to turn it down, which was a genius call on them, That was a, like that was just as genius as the film was being directed, like, it was a lot, it was a lot um, but ended up, like, I don't know, the movie was just crazy, Scream is such a good movie, so basically, this, this is not the synopsis of Scream is a young girl, um, a young girl's mother was murdered, uh, a year ago, and on the anniversary of her mother's death, people are being murdered around her, and eventually, uh, someone is trying to murder her herself, um, there's a lot of characters, a lot of cool characters in Film. Jamie Kennedy plays the character of Randy, uh, Matthew Willard is the character of Stu, Rose McGowan is uh, Tatum, Skeet Earl Rich is Billy, uh, Neff Campbell is Sydney Prescott, who's the main character, um, Courtney Cox is Gail Weathers, uh, Dewey Riley is played by David Arquette. So you had a lot of people from different things. Courtney Cox is, is in, um, is in uh, Friends, Drew Barrymore has been in a whole bunch of stuff nev campbell was in party of five rose mcgowan's been in other things too before and after that um matthew willard's been in a shit ton of things with freddie first jr over there from i know she last summer um and then you had uh, Steve earl who's been in a few things before too there's other people that make big appearances uh in this movie including linda blair don't like talking about her because exorcist is not my i hate it hate it hate it so but she's in it makes a cameo there i was like trying so hard not to bring her up in this episode, but there it is, um, anyway, there's other people that make a cameo, a cameo, appearances, um, homie from Happy Days is the principal, I don't know his name, Fonzie, the Fonz, or whatever the fuck, is the principal in this film, I think Wes Craven himself, makes an appearance in the movie, he's, he's the janitor, I think, in a scene, that's him, Where he's dressed as Freddy Krueger, so he's in the movie, um, but yeah, this movie just had a lot of shit, like, Screen has a lot of shit, and there's like crazy scenes. Like some of the kills are just absolutely crazy. The characters again are really fun, and you kind of care what happens to them, which is why it's so like. And that's what because it like. it's to me it's the emotional element of the first scene where someone gets killed. It's the emotional element of their parents coming home and like, freaking out. We don't know why this person deserves to be mutilated the way they are, but it's really sad. Again, it's a callback to that last house on the left where you're really sad for this girl and then you're even more sad for her parents. When her parents find out what happened to her, it's just so sad, it's just so sad. So it's one of those kind of moments right there. And he, Wes Craven is really good at setting that tone. Really good at setting that tone. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I, I loved Scream when I was younger and the sequels, I loved Scream 2, it was so much fun. I think, I I really give Scream 2 a lot of credit because Scream 2, to me, does the best job at not calling back to the original as much as the other ones do. Like Screams 4, 3, 4, and 5 call back to Scream 1. So much, so much. Like Scream 3 is like a film within a film, but it takes place, like the setting is Woodsboro where Sydney, you know, grew up or whatever. Um, Scream 4 is a lot of, like, rehash of the first movie, you know, getting those similar character, like, mirroring things, Scream 5 kind of does that, too, but it goes back to the actual town of Woodsboro, and it it flips it on its head, so Scream 4 mirrors Scream 1 in ways, uh, where the newer cast kind of does what the older cast did, Scream 5 does that, too, but again, it flips it, it flips it, so it's Doing the same shit but flicked. And that's why I like Screen Two so much. Because Screen Two really doesn't do too much mirroring, in my opinion, of the first film. Screen six kinda doesn't either, but screen six is a lot of mirroring of Screen Two. So it's also another mirror film. Um and Screen Two's cast is just fun. Jada Pickett Smith is in it. At the time I loved her. I know she got problems now, but I loved her back then. Um I think um I think Omar Epps is in that one. 'cause Pfeiffer is, and I know she's I still her last summer. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller's in that too. Jerry O'Connell with his finance is in there. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people. Um oh god, what is her name? Laura Mintcalf, I think it's her name. I think that's how you say her name. Um she's in it. I love her I just watched Logan again the other day. She's also in Logan. Love her. Um who else? Um the aunt Aunt uh Jackie from Roseanne I think her name is Laura too. She's in there. Um, a lot of really good characters in that, Rebecca Gayhart's in that, um, Ellen, De- Ellen DeGeneres' his wife, Portia, I think, Portia Del Rossi, whatever's in that, Joshua Jackson is in it, and some of these characters are in it just to be in it, they're not even like, they don't die, they just, they're just there, some of these people are literally just in the movie, it's crazy, but yeah, Scream 2 was really, really good, um, Scream 3 was what it was, it's fun to kind of watch, Scream 3, Scream 3 is campy, Scream 3 is absolute camp, which kind of throws me off but also makes me like it in a way. It's, it's very Scooby-Doo, very campy. Uh, Scream 4, I liked a lot. I think Scream 4 did a lot of stuff that I like. Scream 5 was just kind of there. Scream 6 is also just kind of there. Um, <laughs> Scream 7 is in limbo, so we'll see. Anyway, that's kind of going to be the end of this. I really recommend y'all watch it. Um, all these movies I mentioned, for sure. i uh, let's see if I can remember all of them again. So it was um, The Prowler, um, Black Christmas, um, oh my god, it was, I'm forgetting already, See, I can't do this, I should write a list, I meant to write a list of them, but I was like, I can, I can do this off the top of my head, it turned out that I can't, what a shocker, but anyway, I, all the movies I mentioned in here, I absolutely recommend you guys watching, um, I might even do a deeper dive into some of these films and talk about them by themselves, I think I've done that with Scream a few times now, so I don't have to do that with Scream again, but, um, yeah, some of the other ones I think I will get into talking about, because I haven't talked about them much on here, um, but yeah, I think they're all really good films, and I didn't really mention any, like, bad movies, there are some bad ones, like, like, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, such a bad movie, but I, do I recommend it? Absolutely, on my bad playlist, though, like, on my bad movies to watch, watch that one, um, I might watch Totally Killer again before I even react to it, because that movie was a thing, and I, I liked it, and I was like, this is, it's so cringe, it's, it's a lot of, like, very, <laughs> excuse me, very, like, self-aware stuff from today, so it's just a lot, doing a lot of that, um, anyway, that's the end of this one, yeah, I love slasher films, I love watching them, I can talk about so many other ones that are in the genre, in fact, I probably will watch some, like, I think Stage Fright was another one I watched, like, a few years ago, this is good, actually, but I think that's kind of, like, um, an overseas, I would say overseas instead of foreign, an overseas film, I believe, um, but yeah, that one's pretty good too there's some, some really good movies i didn't mention in this list that i think that people should go watch anyway um but i'll see you guys next time i see your day, night evening afternoon every listening to this and i will get into more stuff pretty soon peace